You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by the Complete Concussion Management Clinical Network. Are you suffering from a concussion? Concussion symptoms that just aren't getting better? Maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're seeing the wrong healthcare professional. Visit completeconcussions.com slash find dash a dash clinic to find all of the local professionally trained concussion clinicians in your area. Each of our partnered clinics have gone through extensive training on concussion assessment, diagnosis, treatment, and rehabilitation, and will be able to quickly determine the root cause of your symptoms and work with you to develop a plan to get rid of them. If you don't know what's driving your symptoms, you can't ever hope to relieve them. Completeconcussions.com slash find a clinic. They have a 98% patient satisfaction rating and the net promoter score as judged by real patients is higher than Amazon, Netflix, and Apple. Completeconcussions.com slash find dash a dash clinic. You won't regret it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ask Concussion Doc, episode number 68. Today's episode is Treat Yourself. Uh, and basically what this is, in this episode, we're going to go into details on things that you can do at home, on yourself, on yourself, by yourself, something like that, to help you get rid of your concussion symptoms. Now, I have to give you the disclaimer that all of this stuff should be under the care and supervision of a licensed healthcare professional, hopefully or ideally with training in concussion specifically. Um, and this is for a couple reasons. One, the first thing you need to do is you need to be able to rule out all the bad stuff. You want to make sure that, that you're dealing with symptoms that are actually just the cause of a concussion. And I downplay that and kind of minimize that because there's other things that are much more serious than a concussion that can cause similar symptoms. So the number one thing you want to be working with a healthcare professional for is to make sure that you don't have anything more serious. Once all the serious stuff has been ruled out, um, then you're basically now just left with concussion. So that's the first reason why you need to be working with a healthcare professional. Number two, the second reason is a lot of this stuff, um, I'm going to give you some stuff to get you started, some stuff that's going to make you feel better um, in the short term right away. Uh, but eventually, a lot of you are likely going to need more advanced things. So you're going to need someone to actually test you and help you figure out some of the issues that are kind of still lingering there. And some of them may be a little more subtle and you may not be able to get the, get rid of all of them completely with what I'm about to share with you. So you're likely going to need somebody to help you do that. Eventually you're going to need more advanced rehab. Number three, the third reason why you need a healthcare professional to help you through this in some ways is that they need to help you and be kind of a cheerleader for you when things get hard. And uh, for my patients out there that if, if you're listening to this, um, you, you know, you can definitely attest to the fact that, um, I'm more of a cheerleader than anything, right? I'm not going to get you better. You're going to get you better. But in order to do that, you're going to need to feel confident and comfortable with everything that you're about to do because you're going to have to put yourself into advanced, like into uncomfortable 
situations. You're going to have to force yourself to do things that are difficult in the short term, things that make you feel uncomfortable, but ultimately in the long term actually serve to benefit you. Okay. So there's going to be times you're going to feel kind of like quitting or giving up on it. And this is where having somebody who knows what they're talking about can actually reassure you to tell you that it's okay to feel symptoms. It's okay to feel kind of shitty when you do things. Ultimately though, you're going to start to feel better the more and more you do things. So I know that a lot of you have probably been on an endless quest to try and find one of these particular healthcare professionals. It's very difficult because there's a lot of people out there that claim to work with concussion patients, but really, you know, just because it's on their website doesn't mean they actually have any training in this area at all. Um, the only, like, the only vouch, the, the only people I can vouch for are complete concussion management because I trained them <laughs> myself. They've gone through our training program. So those are the only people that I can really recommend. So if you're looking for a clinic, go to completeconcussions.com uh, and there's a little blue button in the top corner that says find a clinic. Click on that. It's all geolocated. So if there's an, if there's a clinic in your area, go in there. They'll be equipped to be able to help you through this process. If you don't have a clinic in your area, I don't even want to recommend somebody because there's a lot of kind of clinics out there that don't know what they're doing. So I can't really take it any further than that. I've heard of people that are spending $10,000, $15,000 to go to um, these clinics that are all fancy schmancy and you have you know goggles and stuff you put on, do all this crazy stuff and a lot of it's just smoke and mirrors and people aren't actually getting better from it. Concussion care is not that complicated. Okay, it really isn't. All a lot of people try to make it seem complicated because then if it's complicated, you're going to have to come back and get treatment, you know, at my clinic because I'm the only one who knows anything that's going on because I did all my fancy smancy tests. But you don't actually need all that stuff, okay? So what are the treatments? Which treatments are actually legitimate? There's a lot of scientific evidence that's coming out looking at these treatments and actually studying these treatments and actually proving that these treatments work. But they're hard. They're challenging. They force you to actually get out of your comfort zone. All right. Sitting back, and unfortunately, this is what's happened with concussion, is we've all been led to believe that anything that provokes symptoms is bad for us. Right? You might go to your doctor and you say, Well, I did this and then that made me worse. And your doctor says, Well, don't do that anymore. Okay. That's actually the reverse of what your attitude should be. It should be, oh, I did this and it made me worse. Your answer to that would be like, well, I guess I have to do more of that. That's how you have to start thinking about this. Symptoms are just there to tell you where your problems are. But pushing into those symptoms a little bit is actually how you're going to overcome them. Okay? So I'm going to lay this out for you. I'm going to take you through exactly what you need to get better. The problem is a lot of you that are listening to that right now are going to look at me and say, F this guy. I don't want to listen to that. Um, you know, he's wrong. And you're going to keep searching for the answers you want to hear. You're going to keep searching for the magic bullet, the pill, the test, the, you know, little treatment that you can, that somebody can do to you passive. Everyone's looking for the passive care. Everyone wants the pill to help make them better, but there is no magic bullet. It's rehab. It's going out and challenging yourself and pushing yourself a little bit further than where you're comfortable because that's where the growth is, right? The growth and the strength from lifting weights and working out doesn't come from, you know, reps one to five. It comes from reps six to 10. 
when you can't even push anymore, that's where you're getting the gains, when it gets uncomfortable. And that's really how you have to think about this. Okay, you're not gonna get better by pulling back. But a lot of you right now at the first sign of discomfort are gonna say, eh, I don't wanna do that anymore. And those that say, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna take this seriously, you're gonna get better. Those that say no, well, you're gonna keep searching for that magic bullet and a few years will go by and you'll be right back here trying to figure out why you're not better yet when everyone else is. So I'm gonna lay it out for you. I think a lot of you probably aren't gonna take it because it's, it's shitty in the short term, right? It sucks in the short term to feel uncomfortable. It's like eating your vegetables. I'd rather eat the burger. But in the long run, the person who keeps eating the burgers is gonna die early. The person who's eating the vegetables and suffering in the short term is actually doing better for themselves in the long term. Okay? So here we go. So you can't cheat. No cheating. Simple as that. I have a lot of patients that come in and I tell them, here's what you have to do. And I'll even do tests on them. We'll do tests and say, here's an issue. Here's the treatment for it. And then they come back in a week later and I ask them how they're doing and how that particular treatment is going. And they're, they're supposed to be working on it on their own. Oh, I haven't started. Oh, I haven't done this yet. Well, what the hell do you want from me? Right? That's like having an infection and a doctor giving you antibiotics, but you decide not to take the antibiotics and then wondering why you still have the infection. Well, you're not doing the treatment that I told you to do. What else do you want? Okay. All right. So here we go. Is everyone ready? Is everyone jacked up? I'm jacked up. Okay. All right. So here are the main causes of persistent concussion symptoms. Once you know the causes, then you can understand the treatment and why it's effective. And I'm going to lay it all out for you. So number one possible cause, uh, and these aren't in any order by means of what one is most important or which, you know, like that. It's just that this is how I usually go through my process with my patients. Um, and so I'm just going to go through the same process. So the first potential cause is persistent blood flow issues. So after a concussion, there's a reduction in blood flow to your brain. And in animal studies, they've shown it as much as 50%. Human studies are a little bit mixed and sometimes the blood flow goes up and sometimes it goes down and it's all over the place. So really what you have is a dysfunction in blood flow regulatory mechanisms to your brain. And there's four main reasons why this could be. It could be changes in even breathing rates or the partial pressures of CO2 within your blood. It could be due to changes in blood pressure in your body systemically. It could be due to changes in your heart rate variability and your sympathetic and, and uh, parasympathetic nervous systems. Who cares why it is, okay? The fact is that when you have these blood flow impairments, when you change what you're doing, so you might feel okay at rest, but when you go out and do something like increase your cognitive load or increase your physical load, you go out and do exercise, you haven't done it in a while, all of a sudden you start to feel symptomatic and you think immediately, oh my God, I did too much. But the reality of the situation is it just shows that there's some sort of issue going on with blood flow maybe or like your autonomic nervous system. The treatment for that is exercise. But again, we've all been led to believe that exercise is bad for concussion and what you really need to do is rest. But rest by itself, if you were to do nothing but rest, even without a concussion, if you were to get put on bed rest, bed rest alone in as little as 12 to 24 hours starts to impair the same blood flow mechanisms that concussion does. So concussion by itself can impair blood flow mechanisms. Rest by itself can impair blood flow mechanisms. Now you take a concussion and tell them to rest, and now you're screwed. 
So now you feel comfortable when you're resting, but as soon as you do anything, even go up a flight of steps, you feel lightheaded. You get a headache. Even when you go, you know, out and about or you try reading a book, you get you get symptomatic. Right? You increase your cognitive load even marginally and the symptoms come on. So what do you do? You react by avoid avoiding that. The reality is you need to push into that. You need to do a little bit more. Okay? The treatment is exercise and usually the way that this is done is you have to go and do specific treadmill testing to try and find out what your physical capacity is and once we find out what your physical capacity is and what you're able to do we progressively push you into an exercise program but we don't want you exercising up here where your symptoms are we want to pull down just a little bit so that you can exercise safely and then we can bump you up afterwards so what can you do at home right now is you can start light to moderate exercise every single day, 20 to 30 minutes. Before you're getting into the treadmill test, if you don't have anybody that can test you on it, but you wanna start somewhere, go for a walk every single day, 20 to 30 minutes. Then increase your pace. Start challenging yourself a little bit. Are some of you gonna feel really uncomfortable and kinda of crappy after your first walk? Yep. But the next time you do it, you won't or you won't as bad. And the next time you do it, it'll be less. And the next time you do it, it'll be less. And the next time you do it, it'll be less. The example I always use for this is being just out of shape. Just imagine the fact that you haven't done anything for so long is the fact that you're out of shape. So if I haven't been to the gym in a while and I decide I'm gonna go back, I'm dying, right? I can't lift the weights I used to lift, my cardio's crap, and then I come home and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm just destroyed. And then I'm sore for a few days after that because I'm not in shape. But as I get back into shape, I don't get crushed as much during my workout, I don't get crushed as much after my workout, and my muscles aren't as sore for as long after my workout, right? I'm not saying that, you know, if you used to be a runner, don't go back and just start running right away. You have to build up to that because you're out of shape. If I was to try and run a marathon tomorrow, I would die. But if I made my plan to run a marathon in eight months, I could train appropriately and build up by starting with running 2K tomorrow, right? Then 2K the next day, then 2K the next day. Am I going to be sore after 2K? Yep. But after I do that for two weeks, 2K will be easy. And then I bump myself up to 3K, 4K, 5K, all the way up till eventually I'm now in my marathon training mode and I will eventually be able to run that. Everything is, your body will adapt to the stresses you put on it. If you react by pulling back and not stressing your body in any way, your body gets worse, right? Am I going to get in better shape by not exercising? No, like it's just, it doesn't make any sense, right? Um, okay, so what can you do for yourself? You want to start light to moderate cardiovascular based exercise, steady state. Lifting weights sometimes is challenging. If you get into weights, because what happens is your heart rate spikes and then it drops and then it spikes and then it drops and then it spikes and then it drops. And those fluctuations are often more difficult for your brain vasculature to respond to. So what you want to do when starting out is just steady state and monitor your heart rate. Your heart rate will be the key. If your heart rate is at a certain level and you feel okay with that level, next day, try to bump it up slightly so that your, your main heart rate is, is slightly higher and see how you feel after that. And then the next day, see how you feel after bumping it up even more. Once you find an area where you're like, okay, well that one kind of made me feel symptomatic, drop it back slightly and do that for a week and then try to bump it again. 
and keep doing this. Like I said, you likely will need a treadmill test at some point, but this is something you can do right now to start making yourself feel better. Exercise improves blood flow, mood, uh, you get endorphin release, uh, you sleep better, it's it's everything, okay? Exercise is medicine, and it's and it's been shown for a number of different conditions, and concussion is one of those conditions. And this has been proven. This is not just like, you know, fringe science. This has been proven, okay? Next one. Next potential cause of persistent symptoms aside from blood flow is inflammation. After an injury of any kind, you're gonna get inflammation in the area. Inflammation can cause more inflammation. It's one of these cyclical things that can be damaging over time. There's also this thing called the gut-brain axis, which we're learning more and more about. Through the vagus nerve, it goes down to your gut. And your gut lining only allows certain things to pass through it. So when you eat food and it goes down and it's getting digested in your system, there's only certain amounts of those things that are allowed to come through to your body and get into your systemic circulation to give you nutrients that you need to run your, your body. If your gut lining gets inflamed or damaged based on the foods you're eating, things like alcohol and pro-inflammatory foods over time can actually damage your gut lining, which means that now because there's, there's more damage there, you have more what's called gut permeability. So now foods that you're eating, now instead of getting little tiny molecules through, you're starting to get big chunks of things through that your body actually sees as foreign. So now your body attacks it, that mounts an immune response. That immune response can also create kind of systemic inflammation throughout your body. Systemic inflammation throughout your body, no matter what the cause, will make you feel foggy, anxious, lethargic, um, you know, have memory impairments and cognitive decline and all these things. Personal story, um, I changed my diet a few years ago and after about a week, I was like, oh my God, I was waking up so clear and I didn't even know I was foggy. Right? So you might not even perceive this, but the treatment for this is actually changing your diet. Eating clean, clean, clean. Clean AF is what I have it down as in my notes. Eat clean AF. Because what this will do is help to repair the gut lining. Eating pro-inflammatory foods will actually keep damaging the gut, the gut lining. And after a brain injury, after a concussion, you actually increase the permeability of your gut lining. So if you had any type of gut inflammation before, it's now way worse. So even foods that you didn't that didn't bother you before, all of a sudden start to now become problematic. So you might notice that after your concussion injury, you're starting to get a lot of GI symptoms, a lot of stomach upset. Foods are starting to bother you when they never did. So the way that you can do this is to go super, super, super clean. And you have to be 100% committed to this. I've had Dr. Herkel on our podcast and I'm going to have him on again soon to talk about this stuff because it's super, super interesting to me, but also all of you. The, the main things to avoid are alcohol because alcohol can impair and damage the gut lining. Gluten, just because it's a common sensitivity and pro-inflammatory. Dairy, again, common sensitivity, pro-inflammatory. Uh, refined sugar. Okay, anything with any sugar, if you're looking at a package and it says sugar on it, you're out. You can't have it. If you want to throw, oh, I just put a little scoop in my coffee, you've already cheated. Oh, I just had one little piece of chocolate, cheated. You have to be 100% all in committed to this because, and the way Dr. Herkel has described it to me before is, if you do 95% of this diet, you're going to get 10% of the benefit. You'll see a marginal improvement, but the thing is, most people don't go all in. 
even my own patients, I tell them to do this and they're like, oh yeah, I've been following the diet. Okay, no cheats. Well, I mean, I still put sugar in my coffee. Well, then you've lost, right? That little bit of sugar has just completely undermined everything you've been trying to do. Dr. Herkel says, if you do 100% of the diet, you will get 100% of the benefits. So don't complain to me that you still have symptoms if you're not following this diet 100%, eating clean as hell. Another one that I put in there that actually got a lot of questions when we put it in is eggs. And I'll just kind of explain that one because eggs are a very healthy food, but it is one of the most common food sensitivities. So people that, and I for one am one of these people. I used to eat eggs every single day of my childhood and all the way up and about first year of chiropractic college, I started getting all sorts of GI symptoms and all this stuff and we did all sorts of exploratory stuff. Finally found out when I cut out eggs that everything went away. So I still don't eat anything with eggs in it because it affects me. I have a sensitivity to it, but I didn't know that. So because it's one of the most common food allergens, we have people also eliminate that. Now, I will say this, this diet is not something that you follow indefinitely. This diet is simply meant to be a very short-term thing. Basically, you go on this diet for like four to six weeks, and then you start reintroducing things back in. Another way to look at this is um, to Google like low inflammatory diet or anti-inflammatory diet and there's recipes on there and all sorts of stuff that you can, you can check out just to try and see if it does anything and it takes some time to get into. But once you, is this one ringing or something? Don't call me. I'm in the middle of something. Um, huh? Oh, is it really? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so where was I? Um, this diet is not something that you follow indefinitely. You do this for a short period of time and see how you feel. And then you gradually reintroduce things back into it to see what that does to you. Okay. I would also say that this should be managed by a healthcare professional as well. Okay. Don't do big drastic changes without having some sort of guidance on this. A lot of this stuff is safe. It's really how we should be eating anyway. It's just Nothing that's refined or processed, right? You're not getting sandwich meats or anything like that. Just think about it this way. You're eating whole meats, preferably organic um, type meats, antibiotic hormone free, and you're eating fruits and veggies. That's it. If it comes in a box, it's probably not allowed. All right. So first one is blood flow. Treatment is exercise. Second one is inflammation. Treatment is clean eating. Third one is visual vestibular. Sometimes this is pre-existing that when you get a hit, it kind of changes the way you do things. Sometimes it's as a result of the injury itself. And most of the time, this will require some more advanced rehab. But what can you do on your own? Exposure. Exposure. So <laughs> the key to everything in life is exposure. It's gradually increasing your tolerance for certain things. You don't like crowds? Go hang out at the shopping mall. Go to the grocery store. Go to crowded environments. Go to the Christmas market, whatever it is, distillery. There's a lot of people there. Okay, go to crowded environments if you don't like it. You don't like bright lights? Go outside. Take off the sunglasses. Okay, putting yourself in a constant shade is not going to help you eventually get desensitized to normal lighting. You, by avoiding, you're just making yourself worse because now your eyes get used to always being behind a shield. So whenever you take them off, you feel that you're sensitive to the light. 
you're not necessarily sensitive to light. It's just the fact that you've been avoiding for so long that any amount of light seems too bright. Dark rooms are not helpful. They're actually, they make you worse. Sunglasses have been shown that people who wear sunglasses in the first few months after their injury to avoid light end up with light sensitivity years later. Why? Because they're actually avoiding the stimulation that they need, right? Don't like loud noises. I see patients coming in with earplugs. The first thing I tell them every single time, lose the damn earplugs. Get rid of them. The sooner you do it, the better off you'll be. Get used to normal everyday noise. And before you know it, you'll say, wow, I, I, this doesn't bother me anymore. But initially it may be uncomfortable. You may be like, oh, I just can't. I just can't. I have to do this. If you keep doing that, you're hiding. You're just hiding from the issue. Treatment is exposure. Okay? Short term, it can suck. And that's the thing. Most good things for you suck in the short term. But it's how you get there, right? Again, I used the example already of lifting weights, right? It's painful. It's hard. But where are the gains? It's on that last set. It's when you bring somebody in to actually spot you because you can't even lift it on your own and they're helping you. That's where your strength gains are, right? It's when it gets hard. So as soon as you have the first onset of symptoms, you don't pull back, you push in a little bit. And then when it gets so uncomfortable that you can't handle it, then you stop. Then you go take a break, right? So if I say go to the shopping mall or go to the grocery store, I have a patient right now, uh, hey, because uh, she always watches this stuff. Um, I told her, go to the grocery store. She's like, I've been avoiding the grocery store. She's been ordering her groceries online and her symptoms now have gone all the way down to pretty much back to normal, but she still orders her groceries online because she's afraid to go, right? She orders her food so she doesn't have to go and expose herself to that. So what did I tell her? You have to go to the grocery store. And what did she do? She told her entire circle of friends that she now has to go to the grocery store. So what does that do? That creates accountability for her. So now she has to go because she said she was going to. And she's already started going. She hates it, but she goes, she walks them down the aisles. Start with five minutes, start with 10 minutes. Then you go back out to your car, you sit in it, you wait till things calm down and you go back in and you do another five minutes and you come back and you sit in your car and you do it again. And you just keep doing that. And then you increase over time the amount of exposure. Okay, I already used the, the running marathons thing. Changing your diet, right? Going from eating like, you know, pizza and stuff, which is awesome, and then going to like veggies and stuff, which sucks. That sucks in the short term. But guess what? In the long term, it's great. You lose weight, you feel better, you live longer. But short term, it sucks. Just like this stuff. Short term, this is going to suck. But in the long term, you're going to be able to do it for longer and longer. And guess what? Before you know it, crowded environments won't bother you anymore because you're so used to it because you've been doing it. You've been putting yourself in that scenario. And a lot of you out there are going, well, I can't do that. That's just too much for me. Yes, you can. You don't want to, but you can. I promise you. I actually promise you, you can. I have a patient the other day that just watched her first 10 minutes of TV. She told me that she couldn't do it. I was like, I bet you can. And she did it. And then she did it for the next four days. And I bet you she's watching more than 10 minutes now right? But it was all just fear. It's fear of thinking, what if it makes me worse? It will make you worse temporarily, but you'll get over it and then you'll start to get better and you'll be able to do longer and longer and longer. And before you know it, you're doing stuff. Okay. Another example that is fresh in my mind is, um, some of you that listen to this on a regular basis know that, uh, my little baby daughter, um, is, uh, 14 months, almost 15 months in a week or so. Um, and she has a cashew allergy. 
And we found this out because we gave her a little dab of cashew butter because we we're going through all the allergens as you do when you have a baby. And we gave her a little dab of cashew butter in her mouth. And about 20 minutes later, her face was swollen, her eye was swollen, and she just was rubbing her face. And we're like, oh, crap. So we take her to the allergist. They skin prick her. She has an allergy to cashews. Then they refer us to this um, more you know, experimental program, which is now becoming the, the norm in the mainstream. The treatment for allergies over the past 15, 20 years has been avoid, right? She has a cashew allergy. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to get rid of every cashew in the house. And here's some EpiPens in case she accidentally ingests cashews. And you might need to use this to save her life because it can kill her. But you know what the treatment now in Europe and the European guidelines for allergies is? And you know what the treatment that we're currently going through and we just started last week? Exposure. So what they do is they give you a little tiny bit of cashew. So this week they put it in a solution and every day this week we've had to draw out a certain amount and squirt it into her mouth. And then sit there and wait to see if she has a reaction. And have a panic attack. It's freaking anxiety provoking. Do you think we want to do this? No, but ultimately we know that this is going to be better for her in the long run because now every two weeks we go back and they up the dose. They do it under supervision. So it's the same thing we do with the treadmill test. We bring you in, we do it under supervision, and then we up your dose. And then you go home and you work on it. And it's the same thing. They up her dose, we give her more. Then two weeks go by, we up, they up the dose, we give her more. By the end of this, which is like a six month to a year process, you're giving her whole cashew nuts and she's eating them. If she was to take whole cashew nuts and eat them right now, she could die. But if she takes a little bit, and then a little bit, and then a little bit, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and a little bit more, all the way up, guess what? She can eat cashews, right? This is now becoming the treatment for allergies, which has historically been avoid and do nothing, which is exactly what the treatment for concussion has been historically, but things are changing. We're starting to realize now that it's actually it's stressing people. It's pushing them into it in a controlled way, right? If you go out right now and you have an exercise in six months and you kind of try to go out and run 5K, guess what? It's going to flatten you. It's going to increase your symptoms. It's going to make you much worse. But if you said, you know what? I'm just going to start walking first, then gradually build up to being able to run. Then you're going to be okay. She hasn't had a single reaction. So she went from face swelling, full-blown thing, and now these little doses, they're not causing any type of reaction at all. So it's a safe dose. And as you go through this, apparently, that's what happens in most cases, especially with somebody that young. And the younger you do it, the better. The longer you wait, the worse it becomes. These things get worse over time. So those of you that have been pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, anytime you have any symptoms, guess what? Your margin for what you can do is getting smaller and smaller and smaller by the day. So you have to decide, do I wanna stop this cycle and start pushing back, or do I wanna keep retreating? Because you're just backing yourself into a corner. Like I said, those that listen to me will get better. Those that do not listen to me will not. And that's just the reality situation. No one's gonna do the work for you, right? If you get a personal trainer, the personal trainer is not lifting those weights for you. You have to lift the weights. They're gonna stand there as a coach and help you, and that's what I'm trying to do, but you're gonna ultimately have to be the one that does the work. All right, so start slow, go to the mall, walk around, take five minutes, come back, take five minutes off, go back in, start slow, okay? Build from there, go to work for an hour, come home, 
Go to the next day. Go to work for an hour. Come home. An hour is going to be mostly just socializing with people you haven't seen in a while. And that's fine. It's going to make you feel a little bit weird. Go home. Sleep it off. Come back in the next day. Try it again. Now an hour all of a sudden becomes two hours, becomes three hours, becomes four hours as you build your tolerance. All right. Moving along. Number four. So what do we have? We have blood flow. Treatment is exercise. We have inflammation. Treatment is a clean diet. We have visual vestibular. Treatment is exposure. You're ultimately going to need some rehab on this if that's an issue for you. Number four is neck injury. Whiplash and concussion injuries happen at the same time in literally 100% of the cases of concussion will also cause a whiplash. Concussion requires an extensive amount of force. 70 to 120 G's of acceleration is required to cause a concussion injury. For a whiplash injury, you only need four and a half G's. So literally every single concussion that is experienced also has an element of neck injury involved. And the, the symptoms of neck injury and the symptoms of concussion are identical. They are the same. So if you're having headaches and dizziness and visual problems and da 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 concentration problems and fogginess and all these things that you think are related to a brain injury, it could be the neck injury. So the best thing for this is manual therapy, getting treatment on the muscles and joints of your neck that are tight, soft tissue therapy, acupuncture, and most of all, which I find to be very, very effective, which a lot of people are scared of, is neck manipulation, getting your neck adjusted. A good chiropractor can change your symptoms very, very quickly, right? Within one session, oftentimes with my patients, they walk out of there and they're like, whoa, like clear, everything is now like congruent and I feel like really, really good, right? It won't last, things will come back and you'll need to do this a few times in order to get the benefit of it. Um, what can you do on your own if you don't have somebody near you? Well, range of motion exercises. So one thing that I often give patients is just look at yourself in a mirror and turn your head slowly side to side. Keep your eyes focused on yourself and just turn your eyes and or turn your head side to side back and forth nice and slow. Because what you're doing is a couple things. One, you're working on the cervical ocular reflex which is how your neck involves your eye motion. So your neck influences how your eyes move. So a lot of times people will feel that they have an eye problem and it's actually a neck problem but it's been misdiagnosed. So they're going through all this eye vision rehab stuff and it's actually just a neck issue. So it'll work on that reflex, but also it will improve your range of motion exercises and it'll get your head and brain used to that type of motion. The other thing you can do is neck strengthening exercises. And this is usually done uh, isometrically, which is a little bit difficult to explain, but it's things like deep neck flexor exercises. Um, you can also do stretching and stuff. Again, a lot of this stuff should be guided by a rehab professional because they'll give you the right tools to do. But things you can do on your own, just kind of nice stretching and just range of motion exercises, rotation up and down, side to side, working on that ocular reflex. Just look at yourself in a mirror and do it, right? I feel kind of dizzy doing that. I need a neck, I need neck treatment. That's what I need. Okay. So number five is psychological. Not saying that the symptoms are made up or anything like that. I'm just saying that psychological things like anxiety, stress, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, etc., not only all look like concussions symptomatically, but the brain profiles on imaging, so special imaging techniques like fMRI and diffusion tensor and all these fancy imaging techniques that are coming out, SPECT, which looks at blood flow, the, the findings on these imaging things are the same. 
People with PTSD just look exactly like people with post-concussion syndrome. People with whiplash look like post-concussion syndrome. People with uh, anxiety look like da, 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 da. they look the same. Not only are they essentially very similar, if not the same, the treatments that help those conditions, anxiety, stress, depression, PTSD, etc., also help patients with concussion. One of the top treatments for patients with chronic persistent concussion symptoms that was actually referenced in the Berlin statement is cognitive behavioral therapy, right? And it's not, like I said, this is not saying that your symptoms are psychologically driven, that you're thinking them. No, it's that the anxiety of having these symptoms will cause the same type of symptoms. So now the symptoms you're experiencing, are those due to the actual post-concussion or is that due to the anxiety you're experiencing about still having symptoms? Or the fact that you haven't been able to work in six months? Or the fact that you're not getting a paycheck anymore? Or the fact that your disability is getting cut off? All of these things, the symptoms are the same, right? Anxiety starts to make you feel dizzy and disoriented and confused and you can't concentrate well. Why? Because there's so much going on in your brain that you're just thinking and you can't, you can't clarify, you can't think straight. So the treatment for this is go to therapy. Find a psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, social worker, some sort of therapist to help you through this. If you don't want to do that, meditate. I try to meditate every day. And it's really, really helpful, actually. I just started a couple months ago, but it's really, really helpful. Exercise, okay? Exercise kills two birds because it also helps the blood flow thing. And it'll reduce stress, reduce anxiety, improve you know endorphins and blood flow and everything else. Go out with friends, socialize. A lot of times with concussion, people become socially isolated. They don't want to go out and hang out with their friends because they're worried about feeling symptomatic. Well, again, this kills two birds. One, you're exposing yourself, and two, you're socializing. I'm not saying go out and spend, you know, plan to spend three hours there, but go there and just say, look, I'm gonna chill for like 20 minutes and see how I do, and then I'm just gonna go home. Make an appearance, start socializing because you'll feel better just socializing. Talking with people gets your mind off of all the stuff that's going on inside your mind, which serves to reduce your stress, right? People that are socially isolated are often anxious and depressed. And that's what happens to concussion patients because you go to these people that keep telling you to avoid everything and it's the wrong idea. Uh, find hobbies, things to do, occupy your mind, occupy your time, occupy your hands, right? Get a coloring book. I don't know, work with wood. Um, get outside. Okay, being in nature is very helpful for this stuff. So all these things, okay? So that's it. I just gave you the answers, right? This may not get you to the 100%, but this will get you very, very far down the road. And I'm gonna open it up to questions because I know there's probably people that have some questions on this stuff that have you know, their own experience. I can't necessarily address personal stuff, but I will answer questions specifically. But I just gave you the answers in a nutshell. So here it is. Start exercising, light to moderate cardio-based exercise. Don't do weights or things that fluctuate your heart rate. Find a heart rate and stay there and then start bumping that up and challenging yourself. Two, eat clean, very, very clean, okay? Clean meats, clean fruits, and veggies. That's essentially it. Three, expose yourself gradually to the things that bother you. If you find something that really bothers you, go and do more of it but do it in short stints and gradually increase the length of time of those stints because eventually those things that bother you will not bother you anymore. Number four, work on neck range of motion, strengthening and stretching. Number five, see a trained concussion therapist because they're going to help you guide this. 
the rehab, everything else. If you need one, go to completeconcussions.com and click the find a clinic button. And then number five, reduce your stress, reduce your anxiety, and work on your mental health. How many questions came in on that? <laughs> Not, actually, only there's one that I have. Okay. Um, this person was wondering if you recommend Advil, Advil or things like that when you're, I mean, when you're starting to push yourself through stuff, if you get headaches, lightheadedness, et cetera, or just push through without it do you, what, in general. Do you think about that? I, I generally will, will recommend that you, you don't just medicate the symptoms. So, um, those that didn't hear the question, the question was, um, do you want to, um, if you're pushing through things and you're starting to increase your symptoms, would you take medication to reduce or relieve those symptoms? I would say, let those symptoms be a bit of a guide to help you, um, know where your boundaries are, right? Things like these various medications are be meant to kind of block or reduce symptoms. And so you're not, you don't know what your where your limit is if you're just masking the symptoms, right? Symptoms are there to be a guide. It tells you like, okay, there's, there's my wall. I'm going to go a little bit past that wall and then I'm going to shut it down. Don't stop at the first sign of symptoms. The way that I explain this to my patients is use the five out of 10 scale, right? If you're exposing yourself and you're starting to get dizzy, who cares? But when you get to like a five out of 10 dizzy, now it's just time to take a break. It doesn't mean stop it altogether, but it's like, okay, that's my, that's pushing a little bit. Now I'm going to go just chill for a bit and then I'm going to come back to it when my dizziness reduces again and I'm going to go back in there and try that. Um, this person said, and I think this is a general question that people have. Um, this person asked, how do you best reintegrate cognitive stimulation and how much is too much? Everyone always asks how much is too much. They're yeah. worried about doing too much. Maybe don't worry about doing too much. You're, you'll know if you like quote unquote did too much. All this stuff is temporary, right? People will talk about, oh, I had a major setback and it set me spiraling out of control. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that when people have these major setbacks, it's they have something that they did where it increased their symptoms slightly. And then when their symptoms increased slightly, then they started worrying about it. And the worry and anxiety kept them up at night. And then the fact that they were up at night, they felt crappy the next day. And then it just spirals out of control into this, you know, this, this major setback that lasts months and months and months. If you know right now that any increase in symptoms you experience with any, anything is very temporary, okay, you might feel crappy for an hour or two hours or maybe the next day you feel a little bit off, but then it'll go away. If you know that, then you don't have to be worried and you won't have this downward spiral. You know what we do with our patients? The very first visit, actually the second visit, we put them on a treadmill and we ramp them up. These people are always terrified of this because they haven't exercised in six months by the time they see us. But guess what? We're putting you on the treadmill whether you like it or not and you're going to go up. And their symptoms increase, but they've, they increase very temporarily. In the studies that have been done on this, they find that symptoms only go up for about six hours after the, the inciting event. That's the most, six hours. You know what we do on visit number three? We put people through all sorts of crazy visual and vestibular exercise to see what their threshold intolerance is. Because once you establish what that threshold intolerance is, now I can give you specific rehab exercises to address it. So don't worry about doing too much just go and, and just start small. Start at 10 minutes of reading or 10 minutes of cognitive activity. 
Don't worry about overdoing it. Just do 10 minutes and then take a break for a bit. See how you feel. And then you say, well, 10 minutes wasn't that bad. I'm going to try 15 minutes next time. And you keep doing that and gradually build up, right? So for example, like Mia's cashew allergy, I'm not going to give her a full cashew and try to see if that's too much, right? We're going to start at the 0.5 milligram dose and we're going to build up over time. So don't worry about what's too much. Too much isn't going to damage you in right. any way. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. With Mia, with Mia's allergy, like, could be, it could be really bad. It could be, yeah, yeah. So You're that's, still doing it, yeah, exactly. So in that case, like in, in with concussion, yeah, there's no, there's no, you're not going to do any damage really. You're going to maybe feel crappy for a little bit. So you're not, you're not damaging anything. You're not setting yourself back. It's not like doing too much cognitive activity is going to go in there and start, you know, unplugging wires in your brain and, you know, all of a sudden give you another brain injury. It's just not how the brain works. The brain works on neuroplasticity. It responds to the stresses that you put on it. And it actually rewires in ways that you challenge. And by pulling back and doing nothing, you're actually damaging and removing some of those connections. So don't be afraid to do too much. But also I would say just start, if you're worried about it, start small chunks, right? Don't eat the full cashew. Take the 0.5 milligram dose. And if you feel a little bit symptomatic, know that it's not actually making you worse. Temporarily, it sucks. But in the long run, it's way better for you. Trust me. So we had uh, two people ask about medications again. One person asked about your opinion on antidepressants to deal with anxiety while you're recovering. And, and another person asked about specific medications for chronic pain to help calm that down. Yeah. Just in general, yeah. maybe comment on those types yeah. of medications. So medications in general um, are not typically my wheelhouse, but I have sent patients to their doctors that patients that weren't responding to things like therapy and things like that. So patients I've had that are, you know, they're going through therapy, um, they're, they're exercising, they're doing all this stuff, but they're still, they can't get the anxiety still staying high. They're still not sleeping well and all this stuff. So they're following everything else, but it's still staying high. Then my recommendation, like, let's, let's talk to your doctor about, you know, about medication and see if that's an option for you. So again, it's not really my, you know, wheelhouse. I'm not in that, but I have had patients where the, the, the non, I'm, I'm typically, I like to go non-pharmacological first. And if we're not getting where we want to go, then we start exploring the other, the other options. So I would say start with the tips that I gave you here. And if you've done that and it's not getting there, then you might have to do something else. Someone asked about EHT medicine. Do you recommend it? And I don't know what that is. What is EHT? I don't know. I'm not sure. EHT medicine from Miriam. Never heard of it. But other than that, that's it. All righty. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, I sincerely hope you take me up on this because this is everything you need to do to start knocking your symptoms down. But again, it's going to get hard. There's going to be bumps along the road. There's going to be things that are going to challenge you. And a lot of that is going to be your own anxiety, thinking that you might be doing the wrong thing. You're not doing the wrong thing, but I would try to find somebody to help guide you through this. Okay. Thank you. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Just one more thing before you go. This episode is brought to you by the Complete Concussion Management Clinical Network. Are you suffering from concussion symptoms that just aren't getting better? Maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're seeing the wrong healthcare professional. Visit completeconcussion.com slash find dash a dash clinic. 
to find all the local professionally trained concussion rehab individuals in your area. Each of our partnered clinics have gone through extensive training on concussion assessment, management, diagnosis, treatment, and rehabilitation. Uh, they're going to work with you to try and find the root cause of your symptoms and then develop a treatment plan and approach to help get rid of them. If you don't know what's driving the symptoms, you can't ever help or hope to fix them. Completeconcussions.com slash find a clinic. They have a 98% patient satisfaction rating and have a higher net promoter score than Amazon, Apple, and Netflix. Completeconcussions.com slash find a clinic. You will not regret it. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.